Hello, guys. So I'm excited because in this episode, I have a young lady who actually reached out to me through Instagram who's willing to share her testimony of her experience as a former member of the World Mission Society Church of God. Stay tuned. You definitely don't want to go ahead and miss this. Welcome, guys. What's going on? I'm excited to hear the story. If you guys have yet to, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe find out about this thing called the World Mission Society Church of God. Well, in today's episode, we have a lady from India. Now, uh, I, I, I will not disclose her name. In fact, I don't know her name, but she wants to keep her name um, anonymous. So we're going we're to go with that and uh, we'll respect that. And she has a, a story she wants to go ahead and, and share with us from her experience with the world mission. Now, this is the first time that I'm actually speaking with someone who is not of this country. And so that to me is like, hey, that's great, you know. So uh, let's go ahead and, and begin um, by, I guess, in- introducing her and hearing her story. So, hey, thank you for uh, for reaching out. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. No problem. Uh, thanks a lot. It's 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 a pleasure because I, I'm used to the cult um, being from from this country and so different states. And uh, I, I'm just curious to know how the world mission, uh, Church of God, how do they approach things from a different uh, part of of the world? And so before we begin there, let's actually I, I want to know you know. How how it all started? Okay, so this basically started when one of my friends, and she was my childhood friend, and she said she's attending a church, and she would want me to join it. And out of curiosity, I said, okay, I'll go for one time, and and I just wanted to see what Christianity is all about. That's it. I wasn't planning on joining it or anything, but it was just an invitation to which I said yes. So this is how it started. Mm, so you wanted to experiment Christianity. She sent you an invitation and like anyone who was just willing and curious, you just said, sure, I'll go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Was there any hesitation since you, you're not a Christian. You were at the time a, a were you practicing Hinduism? Um, not really, but um, I wasn't practicing Hinduism because in Hinduism we have uh, liberty to, you know, follow other religions as well. So there's, there's no foundation in it. So I wasn't hesitant at, at all. Mm, okay. Right. Interesting. I mean, if you, you're coming from a lot of different religious backgrounds, you know, going into another religion that can maybe cause some frustration, some friction within the family. Like, why are you doing this? Like, <laughs> this is not what we do here. So, um, once once you started, what were some of the things that you noticed about about the church? So, in the beginning, it was really nice. They, like I said, uh, most of the people out there are very nice. Still, some of the people are very nice there, 
and when i first visited there they were really humble they were really respectful they treated us really nice basically they love bombay so it was a good experience for me at the beginning okay and uh, i didn't find any suspicion in there uh what was that i didn't find any suspicion oh, okay um did you like their their clothes how they they probably were maybe um wearing suits and what not um the when when you went to 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 the church uh and you noticed that everybody was wearing suits was that something that you were accustomed to did that kind of threw you uh, a little um no it was normal for me okay um i i here i see that you experience a lot of emotional um at the same time uh, what 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 was it exactly about the emotions uh when you went there you were you were love bombed um what else was it that contributed to the love bombing uh so when you first visit that place they basically test you and what i mean by testing is they basically check you how which family do you belong and which background do you come from they ask you each and everything so they kind of take information from you and they try to treat you that way for example if you belong to a really good family they'll treat you very nice if you are somewhat poor they will not really look on to you so they start analyzing in the first day itself what do you mean let's say i i come from a a low income family which a lot of us do what do you mean that they would treat us with with what you said what what was it exactly how would they treat me uh so if suppose that you belong to a poor family mm-hmm. and you visit this place so they will greet you they will tell you that you look nice you are you are a brother and everything but they you won't experience the same love that a person from rich family with will get mm so they will show partiality you can clearly tell the, yeah you can clearly tell the difference right i i i know the book of james talks about not showing partiality not giving the rich a different type of a uh, you know greeting and loving and 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 it says a person who's poor you have them sit in the back right so in the bible it says we shouldn't do that and and to me um that's another uh reason why this cult is what they are um as much as they say that they are trying to follow the word um they really they, they really are just picking and choosing you know uh what they want to believe um tell me some of the good times that you had with this church uh so when i started preaching i got really good um i would say vibe that i am chosen from god and they would always say that only special people can do this preaching not everyone can do the preaching preaching is very special thing so they would always you know encourage us to preach a lot so there were some good times that i felt that really i'm the chosen one from the god and you know i can go to heaven if i continue preaching they would they they treat preachers very differently they you know feed them well they talk to them well they are really concerned about preachers so that is why i started feeling really loved in that church because you know uh, 
when living in this world when we get little bit attention from some people we like to you know uh, meet them more and hang out with them more so yeah that was that i had really good experience in the first year because yeah it was really it was really good people mm. were really good at that time what were some motivating what were some motivating factors about about preaching like what would they tell you before you went out to preach to kind of motivate so, you to kind of you know enlighten you yeah they used to tell us that when we preach we are saving a soul and that if we bear a fruit then god the father and god the mother will give us a planet like that so you guys will have a planet of your own yeah we will go to heaven and we'll have a planet and whenever we bear a fruit father and mother gets really happy and god bless us even more so this is their motivation any chance so you know any chance you know what's the bible verse or what they use to provide evidence of the planet inheritance no there is no no word oh, okay um i remember you telling me that they will always tell you you know uh, you are chosen by god you are chosen by god and that you guys will be preaching between the hours of 8 in the morning to tw- to 8 in the afternoon mm-hmm. right like you guys will have a 12 hour day of preaching yes some people used to preach even till 10 till 10 was what i mean after you're done for 12 hours did the church even try to compensate you guys for preaching <laughs> that's a very very long time no they never compensated for it it was our own expenses and the only thing that we got was love or i'll say love bonding gosh when man. we preach we get loved a lot but when we don't we get guilt tripped a lot what do you mean guilt trip what what, what what are some of the ways that they will go about trying to guilt trip you uh, so they would say oh you couldn't come to preaching this is the game at 11 o'clock she did preaching till this time she she was uh, you know she didn't drink water she didn't she didn't have food mm-hmm. she was continuously preaching oh my god she will get so much uh, praises from god and everything or they would say that uh, when we don't preach we lose our blessings so and this is satan's way to control us that we don't go out to preach and save our soul mm-hmm. we should you know spread the message of god every single day right Right. You know, interesting about the whole if you don't preach, you don't save a soul. Actually, we're not capable of saving souls. Right? When exactly. when someone when someone preaches the gospel, the Bible never says that you are the one who's doing the saving. No, there isn't. Now, I get the concept that you know, how does one hear if one doesn't preach? But it never says that the preacher is the one saving. It just says that the one who is not saved someone needs to deliver them the message of the gospel and so uh even though i i i i believe this call is not preaching the gospel they're preaching another gospel that's not the gospel they're getting these these areas that are fundamentally um in in christianity wrong and um 
Part of that to me is just their way of just manipulating the scriptures as they as they do, right? Um, no, uh, go. So the good times. What are some of the downfalls? Um, you know, like not not getting any fruits, uh, fear of hell, depression. Like, what are some of these things? If you can explain them. So basically, like I said, I preached for like 12 hours and still I wasn't getting any fruit. And we, we used to have this meetings on Wednesdays and Fridays in which we were told that, you know, battery never gets fruit. And if you're a battery, you can never have fruit. Mm-hmm. And they would say that one who doesn't bring fruit will go to hell. And there are many sermons who say it the same way that. If we are not getting fruits, we are going to hell. God will cut us like that. Mm-hmm. So, and this is not for just one meeting. They would continuously say this in the me- group meeting, in the unit leader meeting, in the youth meeting, and mm-hmm. in the sermons as well. And we have Tuesday e- evening prayers. So they will always say this. If you're not bearing any fruit, you're going to hell. So this is where my depression started hitting me. I would literally cry all night that why am i not getting any fruit and i would always always blame myself that i am doing something wrong yeah Uh, yeah, and if you are not getting any fruit in every meeting they would ask you how many fruits did you get how many fruits did you get so you get compared between preachers Mm -hmm. it seems like this call go ahead yeah, and it gets really disappointing if you're not getting any fruits and someone is getting fruits. So, yeah, this is how it all started. Yeah. It, it, it almost seems to me that this cult, they they like to know um, more information than they need to know. They almost mm-hmm. seem like they're married to you and that they're entitled to what have you done and what haven't you done and so this is part of public humiliation and um another way they they might be going about this would be you having to confess your wrongs in front of people and them knowing your wrongs and not only them but like not just one person but everyone else knowing that and so now whereas in one point no one knew you and and you haven't disclosed anything and now they don't they can't figure you out by you confessing what you have and haven't done whether it's bearing fruit whether it's not attending bible study whether it's not walking with the lord for a long time that almost fuels them and says we know where you're at you're a bad member you're mm-hmm. not a good follower you haven't done the will of god you haven't kept the Passover because you just told us you missed a couple Saturdays. And so now they tend to make you feel inferior. Exactly. This is what happened in every meeting and in every uh, prayer meeting. Wow. And I, um, give me one second. I am looking something up here. How, how was your depression um, cause I know that they, I'm not just speaking on this one specific cult exactly. Cause I know that 
Um, a lot of other cults, they do the same thing too. They will constantly text you. They will constantly call you. They will constantly try to make you feel inferior. How did you go about battling out, battling these situations? So I will tell you one incident. And it was in uh, 2018. So I got this job in a very good company. The salary was really good and everything. But, you know, when we join a job, we don't have enough time to preach. So for like three months, I used to get messages on a daily basis that I am going to help. And I am not doing the work of God. And I'm money-minded. And I'm doing this for money. And I'm doing this worldly work. I'm doing this physical work, not the work of God. So I would get constant messages from different people, different leaders that I'm going to hell. I'm going to suffer a lot. They would uh, send a verse as well from the Bible to, you know, make their point clear that really I'm going to hell. So it was really frustrating. And within three months, I had to leave that job, even though I was getting paid a good amount of money. Mm-hmm. And my only intention to join that job was because I wanted to preach. And because when you're preaching, you have to pay for the fuel, you have to tithe, you have to pay for special offerings, the normal offerings, there is one brown card offering. So there are a lot of offerings, there is tithe, then you have to preach, you have to pay for the fuel, you have to pay for your food. So they would expect us to take money from our parents and focus on focus on preaching all the time so let me get this straight this is what, what they want. wait i just i want to make sure this is very clear to those who are listening what qualifies someone as a preacher or someone who will preach isn't whether they are a faithful follower of christ and they love jesus what qualifies them to preach in the streets is what they their earnings So if I have a great job, if I come to uh, the church with a nice suit and I, I have a really good reputation, the church will then mm-hmm. say, wow, this guy has a, a nice pedestal. This guy has a, a nice status. He has a good job. He's going to preach, mm-hmm. even though I may not mm-hmm. love the Lord at all. Mm-hmm. Wow. Exactly. Wow. And the, the, the guilt trip, again... Like, I don't, I don't know why they do these things. I mean, I do, but it's awful to guilt trip someone to forsake a good opportunity that's going to help you in the long run, like a job, only so then they mm-hmm. can suck more of the time that you have and stay within the church. That to mm-hmm. me is, I mean, it's more brainwashing. That's really what it is. Let's stay in the church. Let's brainwash you more. And then we will rob you the opportunity of growing so then we can use you as our minion, in, in, in other words. Um, let's go into the manipulation. Um, so this church will consider who is, con- I'm sorry, who did this church consider to be Satan and why? So anyone who speaks against the Lord be it my mother, be it my father, if they speak against the Lord of this church, they are Satan. And basically, 
you shouldn't be communicating with them if your friends are saying that we should go for a movie on a saturday they are satan because on saturdays we have to attend the church so uh, if there is any feast and they are telling you to you know let's go out eat something so they are satan anything that you know shifts your focus even for a bit from the church they are satan mm, right and um you ever had a friend who who kind of warned you about this church maybe try reaching you yes, reaching out were, to you yeah there were a lot of friends who told me that you shouldn't be going to this church but um like i said they i was told that they are from satan so i discontinued talking to them i wouldn't communicate to them i didn't pick up their calls i blocked them for like 7 years wow 7 years that is a long time um wow yeah i mean once they can make you believe that everyone is everyone who is not a member of the church is satan that really disconnects you from the opportunity of having your eyes open right it's like they keep you in a bubble was there anyone in the mm-hmm. church who who doubted the church so i don't know if it's true but i believe there were some people who didn't like this concept of telling everything to the church and literally being controlled by the church there were some people they, but they couldn't speak out because there was always this fear of going to hell and we were told that if we speak against the leaders we are speaking against the god so we were scared to even you know talk about it within within the people inside the churches but we wouldn't speak about it to the members as well did you guys we ever did, did you guys ever talk them. about it within each other in the church like you know without being seen no we didn't we have we were so much scared about it and like i said we were told that if you're speaking against the leader you're speaking against the god if so you're speaking against the leader you're speaking against god yes okay this is what we were told so it made me so scared that i wouldn't even if i'm going through hell i wouldn't share it with anyone okay. i had no friends no family and no one in the church is well to share my problems right um in this other point here you say we are fallen angels and deserve to die are there any biblical references to where they say that the bible says that we humans are fallen angels uh so they would share this uh bible verse which is i think job 38 38 4 chapter 38 verse 4 i guess Mm-hmm. So they give this reference and tell us that we were born before the creation of the earth and we were in heaven with God and we did something wrong like a very bad sin they would say that we tried to kill God and that is why God sent us in the honor right and Yeah I don't I don't see <laughs> Sorry, I don't just don't see any of that in scripture. Cuz the Bible never says we are fallen angels. Um angels and human beings who who bear the image of God. Um the Bible really makes a distinguish between angels and people. Paul says that we will uh judge the angels. 
Um, right. So why would he say that we would judge the angels, but they say that we are angels, like we would judge ourselves, you know? So, yeah, they would. I'm sorry. Can I ask you something? Sure. Can you hear my dog snore? My dog is actually snore, snoring right now. No, I can't hear anything. <laughs> Okay, sure, because he's just right behind me. Okay, no, I, I'm. You're fine. I can't hear any of it. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. So, um, this other point here we have is that you have emotional, uh, emotional blackmail. Mm -hmm. Explain that. So this was the time when, if we do some mistakes, like really silly mistakes. We were told that, sister, are you willing to go to hell? Do you want to go to hell? This is what they do. And they would say that if we don't obey God, bad things will happen to us, to our family, to our friends. This is what their logic was. Okay. So they always they try to find a way to keep things in-house and not try to, um, I guess, disrupt yeah. the image of the church. Yeah, they would always say that even if we do something really bad, it is being counted by angels, it is being recorded. So make sure you don't do anything wrong because everything will be opened in the last days. So we were really scared about it. So and much we wouldn't fear. even. Sorry? No, it just seems like this call is constantly instilling, first and foremost, a lot of things that are not biblical, right? Uh, they just create things. Mm -hmm. I think, so this is my thought. Um, I, I'm a believer that the members of this church, they do not read the Bible in this proper context. And since the mm -hmm. members of the church are not reading the Bible in this proper context, as long as anyone grabs any verse that they are accustomed to just picking out, you know, apart from reading the context, they can make anyone believe anything. This entire belief that the angels are counting your sins or that the angels are are doing something that the Bible doesn't say they're doing. Right? And what actually yeah. 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 So what actually they do is they read a read Bible a lot. A lot. But what they do is they mix lies between the truth. They tell you some truth, but they also include some lies. So when you believe the truth, you also believe the lies they're telling you. And what I feel they do is they constantly tell you the same thing in the uh, Wednesday worship. Uh, I'm sorry, Wednesday meeting, Tuesday worship, then Sabbath meeting, Sabbath worship. They always tell you the same thing again and again. So even if it's not in the Bible, we will get, you know, we will say that, yeah, it is read somewhere, we read it somewhere, mm -hmm. and it is true, it is in the Bible. Mm -hmm. So what they do is, they mix truth and life together and serve it to you. So when you believe the truth, you also believe the life. Yeah, and unfortunately, the truth is 99% truth and 0.1% lie makes the entire thing a lie. So it's not, it's mm -hmm. some truth and some lie, and that's, all, it's just, that's just lie, right? It's either full truth mm -hmm. or it's a lie. And so... I want to ask you, because I understand this church has a uh, 
has a history of openly rebuking their members, whether it's in public or in privacy. Um, something tells me it's probably more public than private. Um, how how were, how did you respond when you were rebuked, if you were rebuked? Yeah, so in the beginning, I would just hear them and I would just cry. I wouldn't speak against them. I would just listen to them in silence. And a lot of, like I said, there were many youths in our church. So we would get rebuked all the time. So by the time passed, I was used to it. I didn't feel that much. But in the beginning, it, it was really stressful to me because yeah, I didn't know about Bible that much and I believed everything they said. If they yeah. said I'm going to hell, I believe that I'm going to hell. Hmm. But on the later years, I kind of got immune to it and I would just hear them and I would laugh about it later. Yeah. And, you know, I, I see here a few points. You said that they didn't really care much about education, right? No need of education. You also said that yeah. there is the, the, no music or no movies, no hanging out or going out. What's the deal? Yeah, with, you what's the deal be, with all of this? So uh, about the education thing, I was shamed a lot of time for having good education. Like I was told, what are you going to do with this education? We are going to heaven next year. And why are you studying? Why are you, you know, going to college? Why are you you going to university why are you going to go exam we are going to heaven next year father will come soon there is no need of education i mean they wouldn't say the same thing to everyone they would you know pick some members who they think should stay in the church all the time so they would tell them that you know you, you don't need to have an education even they told many members to tell me that you know go and tell her that there's no need to study a lot of hard work and I was doing a course which was really difficult and it requires around eight hours study. But I I couldn't do it because I was always rebuked for this. Yeah. I would have a hard time the fact that you can't no music, no movies, no going out. We I would lose I would lose my mind. <laughs> exactly. We were not allowed we were even not allowed to go out with the sisters as well. Gotcha. You, you cannot go out with a sister. Yeah. Yeah. You cannot hang out with any of the sisters as well. Well, that's part of their way of, you know, keeping you guys. Um, because yeah. they think we'll gossip. Yeah. Well, the, church. the thing about gossip in, in today's time is you can gossip through text message. I don't have to see you to gossip. I can text you. I can voicemail you. I can instagram like we can do all these types of we, we, of, of we were not outlets. allowed to have instagram yeah oh, I we can. were not allowed to have hello oh uh, yes yeah. we were not allowed to have instagram or facebook or any social media account mm. let's jump into this topic um, here of family situations uh started to fight with family um what, what do you mean by that yeah, so in the beginning, they uh, I had little hope that maybe if I, you know, preach my family, they would come to the Zion as well because I wanted them to be safe. So I preached to them once or twice, but they didn't listen to me. So we had little rift between us. We started fighting and 
we were living in the same house, but we didn't talk for like three to four months. I would just come to the house, eat food, and I'll just go to my room. I wouldn't speak to them at all because I believed that they are all strangers to me. They belong to Satan, and they would go to hell. And if I talk to them much, even I can go to hell. Wow! So you really believe so this? That made me, yeah. Wow, man, that's that's awful because that's you were there for seven years, right? Exactly. So you didn't celebrate Christmas probably for seven years. You didn't probably do a lot of cookouts with them for seven years. You probably didn't celebrate, you know, Resurrection Sunday. Well, they didn't believe in, in, in well, they're, they're not Christians, but still, like, you weren't able to do any celebration with them not on like any holidays. Yeah. Not even holidays, birthdays, weddings. Right, because, Anything. yeah, everything is, is pagan, right, for them. Um even we cannot go to the funerals. Wow. Okay. Um, so I'm just thinking about the whole family aspect. I, I'm so close to my family. I, I would really um, be lost without my family and for, and for some cult to try to get in between my family and myself and try to manipulate me. Uh, that would be, that'd be a no go. Um, Let's go with the financial crisis. You hear there's no jobs, uh, no money. They want, they won't let some people, um, what's that word here you wrote? Work. They won't let they you. They won't let some people. Gotcha. Um, okay, I see. Uh, but they want uh, money for offering, special offerings, thanks offerings, overseas offerings, tithe. I mean, I'm just curious to know from all these offerings, which one is biblical? Is overseas offering biblical? Like, I don't, I don't believe so. You know, is is, mm, is is special offering biblical? No, right. No. Um, when when we're talking about offering or more so tithing, is that biblical in the mm. New Testament? Does does Paul says you have to pay? Well, you don't. You actually don't have to pay. Mm -hmm. It's it's part of the of the condition of the heart of a Christian that they want and desire to offer. They they want to pay tithing because clearly a church doesn't run off, you know, I don't know, like it's not free, right? So we have to pay for the lighting, we have to pay for the sustainment of the church of the building. And that and that way we do, right? You also want to pay mm -hmm. so we can help out with the missionaries. But to go mm -hmm. to go as far as saying as this is biblical, you must pay. This is a commandment. Well, I don't know. I don't mm -hmm. know about that. You know, I don't know about so that. They would always, always say that if we pay more, we get more in heaven. So, uh, oh, they, that, that's, that, that's that prosperity preaching. Oh, man. They went there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they they would say that if we say something for God, we'll receive it back in some sort of blessing. Mm. So everyone used to pay a lot, even for food, even for preaching, for fuel, for uh, rent. And if we go somewhere out preaching, we would, like on short terms, we would pay the rent as well. Mm -hmm. Um. I remember you saying earlier about the preacher, right? Um, you say here, preachers pay for fuel. 
was that always yeah. the case like were there exceptions yeah. were there exceptions to the preacher that didn't have to pay for fuel no uh like i said we have to pay for the fuel if you have a car or if you have a bike then uh you have to pay for that and if someone feels like we shouldn't burden the sister they would pay something some or some little amount for that but it it is always that the preacher pays for the fuel okay pastors never never pay for that mm um another point here is ask to pay the rent for another church and you mm-hmm. said that you paid for a church for three months yeah actually i went there for a short-term mission and we went we were like five sisters but i was asked to pay the rent and how I much was it if, months, you, if you don't mind sharing it was five thousand rupees i don't know about in dollars but it was five thousand something okay uh, i'll have to go online and figure it out if somebody who's listening into this episode go ahead and find out how much that is in american dollar um we're going towards the end here. It says a depression phase. You got a job uh, mm-hmm. with good salary. Uh, work time almost nine hours. Is that what you wrote? Yeah, yeah. Uh, daily got a, a rent. I'm text. So, oh, uh, daily text. got a text that that you're going to hell. I'm going to hell. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a bad child. Just like Eve, who got tempted by Satan, moved to another city. So it's like if you're not all in, they're willing to toss you mm-hmm. out with the bat, with the baby, with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. And so with them, there is no compromising. With them, it's either mm-hmm. you are with us or you are against us. Mm-hmm. And. They don't show grace. It seems like this cult has a has a record of never showing grace or love to their members. They don't they don't even attempt to even understand their members. Mm-hmm. When you get old like one year, two year in the church, they all the love starts going away. And they be- treat you like What was that? Yeah, so I said, like, in the first year, they treat you really nice. But when you get older, member, their uh, love starts going away. There's no love at all. Hmm. You'll get judged. You'll get guilt trip. You'll be told every single day that we are fallen angels. We are we deserve to die. But God helped us. So we must help God, help God right now by preaching all the time. And specifically for me, I don't know why. They would allow other members to have a job, but specifically for me, they would always say that if I try to earn more money, if I go to a job and everything, I will certainly die. And I got this text for like three months daily, and I got so frustrated that I left my job. I said I couldn't do any it anymore because all the pressure that I was getting, I left it. Wow. And I decided to, you know, just preach all the time. If that is they wanted, I'm going to do that. Right. So are you saying that um, as you and I are speaking right now, there are members who are right now at the church working at the church? 
not working at the church. I mean, they have different jobs. Okay, but what you're saying is that once they're done with their jobs, which it's weird because they're encouraging others not to get a job, but they can have a job. They say, come to the church, serve in the church, invest your time at a church, but don't get a job even mm-hmm. though I have one. Yeah. Yeah, like there are some members who do jobs and they would like go for preaching for three to four hours. That's it, maximum three to four hours. But I was someone who used to preach for 12 hours. So maybe they expected me to preach that much amount of time without doing the job. And like I said, like we used to type. So they knew I would type a lot and they knew my family background. So maybe they thought that even if I don't do a job, my parents will pay for me. Mm, I so, see, right, because they, they've already done some, like, you know, pre-investigation on, on who you were or who you are and, and who your family um, was. Yeah. I can see that. Um, so they always think that I come from a good background, so maybe I don't need to have a job. I can go simply ask my parents for money, and they would just give me, and I would start preaching. That's, like, really bad, because, like, what if you try to get a job? <laughs> You know what happens when you don't have a job, right? It's like down the road when you try to apply for a job and they see that you didn't work for three to four years because you were at a church. That's like a red mm-hmm. flag because they're like, yeah. how do you go four years w- without, you know, unemployed? That's that's not good. That's not mm-hmm. helpful. Um, here you say why I decided to leave. And some of the points here actually are uh, God, I'm so sorry, got exhausted. You felt suicidal got messages about hell on a daily basis, which is horrible because who likes to get reminded about you're going to hell if you don't do these things? Um, Used Mm -hmm. to cry every night, uh, was told to move to another city to support another church. It was during the pandemic. Started searching sites like examining WMSCOG which, again, is a great site if you guys are curious to know more about this cult. And uh, for those who are listening and are current members, um, I'll encourage you guys to definitely go to uh, Examining WMSCOG. And I'll link a few other Instagram accounts on the description below. But as far as the suicidal, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I explained that part because I, I, I've, I've never felt suicidal and so I just want to give you some time to speak on that. So like I said, that I moved to another city basically because I was so exhausted by them telling me on a daily basis that I'm not a good child. I am a bad fruit. I don't deserve to live. I'm going to hell. I, I got really exhausted. So I decided that I would move to another city. I would go to that church. I, and I would just stay there and I wouldn't be, like I said, when I won't be seeing them on a daily basis, maybe my mind will feel a lot better. So I decided to move to another city. Yeah. But when I moved there, I still got messages that Eve got tempted when Adam wasn't there. So you might get tempted because we are not there to support you. And I was really scared to even touch my phone because I knew someone or other person would have messaged me telling me that I'm going to hell. I'm, you know, uh, influenced by Satan. I was really scared to even touch my phone. Yeah. And 
yeah and even if there was a call i would i used to get a lot of goosebumps because i knew that someone would call me and tell me that i'm sister you're going to hell sister you did this wrong you're going to hell mm. so i used to keep my phone on silent or on airplane mode because i didn't want to talk to them but like i said covid happened so we have to return to our respective cities did anybody so, in the did anybody in the church ever cared about how you felt to be really honest never no one no one did that so no one Not ever came, no one ever person. came to you and said hey just wanted to see how you're doing how you're feeling i know that's been a, a lot going on but you know maybe another sister maybe reach out to you basically i hated this question how are you because we were told if someone asks you how are you you cannot say that you're not well you have to always put a smile on your face and you have to say that i'm blessed yeah. i'm happy so i always used to hate this question like if you don't want a definite answer why are you asking this question yeah. and this is why i used to ignore their messages i used to ignore their calls how how are you today um looking back at all of this i i just feel sometimes maybe if i would have said no to that sister when she first asked me that do you want to see a church life would have been so much better for me yeah cuz i know that uh you don't leave this church unharmed uh everyone who goes to this church depending on the the amount of time and devotion that they've uh dedicated to this church you you leave with long lasting bruises you leave with long lasting scars and unfortunately um it's people who are that they that they they prey upon it's people who have low self esteem it's people who don't mm-hmm. know the bible um it's people who mm-hmm. who feel like they need some friends who 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 maybe they didn't have a good mom and dad around and so they see family mm-hmm. orientedness in there something that they they that they lacked something that God has mm-hmm. designed us to want and desire God has created us mm-hmm. with the desire to to fellowship to for a mom and a dad to to do these things and eat dinner and watch TV and listen to good music right but when you don't have mm-hmm. a functioning family you look at them and you say wow i i want that right and it's not a bad feeling to to want because that's what god has put in us it's just depending on you know the family that you're going to like a church family it could be very detrimental it could be very scarring and so um as as we i mean there's so much we can cover and i feel like there's so much more we can go with this episode and, and this testimony but where are you now in your walk with God in in your walk with Jesus do you still believe do you not believe are you know do you believe and you just you're confused or where are you mm, i wouldn't call myself an atheist but i'm still searching for god and to be honest i need an evidence to really support the fact that there is god and right. but i 
I'm scared that maybe someone will use me again. Someone would treat me really bad. So I'm scared as well. I want to search God, but I'm scared. Yeah. And I think those feelings are respected and people who are listening will understand um, more so those who have gone through what you've gone through, you know. Um, and I don't know how that feels. You know, I, I, I've been in cults as far as I'll, I'll visit uh, a kingdom hall or I would visit a, um, a Mormon church or I, w- I would see some of these places, but I've never been fully invested in them. And so I, I don't know what that cult feeling is. And so that's why I use uh, these types of platforms to give uh, people like yourself the opportunity to share your testimony. And so um, I don't know if you have any final thoughts as we end this, but you can share if you have anything left. No, I just want to say that if you are in this cult, please, do some research because you know when you have to leave if someone is physically abusing you you can leave right away but someone is mentally abusing you you don't know when to leave so just go online search about this cult if you are depressed talk to someone absolutely just don't be alone absolutely one of the biggest warnings of a cult is usually a place that they feel and believe they can provide answers to every question. And, uh, you know, surely those who are approached by these guys in a Walmart, in a Target, in a mall, they only give you a snippet. They don't let you talk. They ramble off and they're huge. They speak in paragraphs and uh, you give them a question, they give you an answer. And that's part of how they try to build some form of relationship, some confidence, or you can say, wow, I, I trust their answer, even though I can't disprove their answer, even though I can't disprove whether or not we are angels in the past, which we're not. I can't disprove whether or not we have a Korean father and a Korean mother in Korea. Did Jesus ever return back as a Korean man? No, no, he did not. But I can't disprove that because I'm biblically illiterate. And that's the kind of people they prey upon. Thank you very much again for joining me. I uh, thank you a lot from India. Thanks a lot. Anyone has a question, anyone who wants to reach out to her, well, probably not. I'll have the information in the uh, description below. And um, you can email me and if you have a question, we can definitely approach that on another episode. Thanks a lot, guys. And until next time, may the grace of God and the peace of the Holy Spirit guide you into all blessings. Deuces.